Mama Pod, real ass mom sharing real ass experiences, the things people don't tell you. Hey, mamas, hey. Hey, 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 what's going on? Hey, friend, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm I'm here. It's been a rough week, but I'm here. <laughs> You're just here? Yeah. So, um, I don't even think I told you yet. My sister randomly, uh, my nephew's in town in Orlando and uh she was like, Oh, I'm coming to get the boys to take everybody to Disney and I'm like, Girl, what? <laughs> So I have a little bit of anxiety because they are gone without me. But my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, um, they're all going to be there. So, um, you know, try not to hold the kids back. And mm-hmm. Drew actually heard her say we're going to Disney. So you know how Drew is. Once he's stuck on something, that's it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to go to Disney. Right. I mean, it's been that. helping with the behavior this week, though, because I'm like, oh, you want to go to Disney? Then you better do xyz <laughs> some bribery there. right exactly some bribery. Like, auntie area is not gonna come get you but i'm thankful for the village so i do need this break so does jared so mm-hmm. yeah how about you i'm sure they'll have a good time um i'm you know it's been a pretty cool week That's i've good. had a very productive week at work and i've had a productive week at in the house and i'm i'm really i'm chilling right now so uh, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm happy that, you know, we're we're almost to the weekend and mm-hmm. I can't wait for that. So I've had a, a pretty cool week. I can't complain at all. Absolutely. So all. I can say I am excited um for the kids to be away. This weekend is perfect timing because we have time to focus on our side hustles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's great that we're talking about this tonight, right? It's like right on time. But uh, with working a full-time job, being a full-time mommy, and having multiple side hustles, like time gets limited. Like I didn't go to bed till like 1, 2 o'clock mm-hmm. last night mm-hmm. and had to be up at 5.30. Um, mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so friend, tell us about your side hustle you got going on and that you're trying to bring back to life a little bit. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so that that you made a good a clear <laughs> point of bringing back to life. So, um, I well, I'm not gonna say I, me and my husband Jonathan. Um, before we even got married, we had started a business that was under this real estate realm um, that we had to end up putting on hold because. We got married and, you know, we went off to school and we had to like really just kind of sit it to the side because we didn't have time to pour into it. But now that we are at a point in our lives professionally where we're stable and we're able to put some attention towards the Mm. business, we're going to pick it back up. So that's, you know, our side hustle. Like I said, under this real estate realm, it's focused on like wholesaling and we eventually want to get to a place where we're flipping homes and um have properties for either rent or airbnb like the real estate world is so fluid so we are open to whatever opportunity is you know available in that that world so that's that's our current side hustle i'm sure there will be many more um but that's that's the main one. And of course, our podcast, too. Is a side hustle, yes. So. How do you feel like that's going? 
like our podcast is going really well. Me too. Yeah, I, I feel good about it. I feel like, you know, we're just having a conversation. Like, I'm writing in my diary about what my life looks like oh, I you know that. with being yeah like seriously I feel like I'm I'm writing in a like a um a verbal diary mm. like I'm just you know talking and everything I see a script is kind of writing in my <laughs> my journal or my diary but yeah I feel like you know I'm just out here talking about what life looks like being a mama mm-hmm. being a wife be working a job, side hustling, you know. <laughs> side hustling. That's, you know, so that's it. Side hustling. So, what about you? Yeah. So Tell I. What, 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 what's what's the graces? The graces have been here? booked and busy, honey. Okay. Um. I mean, I I'm truly grateful. Um. Everything is so crazy because we started praying this prayer what four years ago before Drew was even born. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, five years. Dang, Drew about to be four. Maybe five, six years ago. Um well, will be four this Right, year, that is crazy. <laughs> um, of, you know, just having multiple streams of income, right? So we still work full-time jobs, mm-hmm. but um, we are Airbnb owners. And when we first embarked on that journey, the pandemic happened, like, right when we closed. Like, we signed a deal, yeah. and then the world shut down. So <laughs> we were... Really nervous about that, but God has been really good with that. The Airbnb is on and popping, and we are super hosts. We love hosting. Um, it's really fun to do. And then um, we just launched our woodworking business, which is Products by Grace, and we make custom woodwork designs. So that has been really fun. Our mm-hmm. friends have been really supportive. People on Instagram, the reels have been really fun to make. So that have been that. It's just been great. And then of course the podcast. I love. We just you know starting out doing this and. I'm really enjoying my time on Thursday nights talking to you and our mm-hmm. friends and our special guests and all that. So it's been really, really fun. Good time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that, what what are we talking about? So tonight? I'm so excited because I almost cut you off and I'm so sorry. But I'm so excited about no, our sure. special guest tonight, my dear friend, Erin Montecure. Okay, so she's like the queen of side hustles. Okay, we are only going to hone in <laughs> on one because she has like three but um one is really specific to mamahood and I think you guys would be really excited about her side hustle and then she's going to educate us about her nine to five she works for a company called reconstruction and she'll talk more about that but they are doing some amazing things and I think our moms are going to be really excited to actually support this business and bring it to them their homes and encourage their schools to actually bring it to their programs and things like that so friend let's welcome Erin Yes, Erin, how are you? Hey, girls. Hey, how are y'all? <laughs> we are good. We're good. We're so happy Welcome you were able to time. join us. Well, thank y'all for having me. I feel like so honored. I feel so special. <laughs> you are um, special. So grateful uh, for y'all giving me this space to join y'all and, and just be a part of what you're doing. So thank you for having me. Thank of you. Um, Aaron, before before we, we talk about reconstruction and your side hustles, <laughs> can we talk about like your journey to mamahood? You have two beautiful children mm-hmm. and yeah. tell us more about your family, about your journey to mamahood. What is life looking yeah. like over there in the Mountain Cure world? 
Yeah, well, let's just say, like, this mommying thing is hard as hell. Let's mm. just start there. Uh, <laughs> the truth. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I'll say that, but journeys in motherhood, um, you know, Jeremy and I had been married. My husband, Jeremy, and I had been married for about a few years. Um, and, you know, a lot of our relationship was split apart because he was in the arms. So, like, our first year of marriage, like, three or so years of dating, all of that was long distance. And when I mean long distance, I mean different continents, long distance, not, you know, in the U.S. So, you know, his first duty station was in Germany. Uh, and then while he was stationed over there, he was deployed to Afghanistan. Um, and mm. so I stayed in Florida because I was teaching in the classroom. Um, it was close to my mom and my daddy, and I was in grad school. Um, mm-hmm. So year two of marriage comes in, and we moved to Columbus, Georgia. Um, and, you know, we were like, okay, we think we, you know, we've been together for a while. Um, let's just, you know, get off this birth control thing and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we did. Um, and I got pregnant in 2014. Um, and we were just like so stoked. Um, went mm-hmm. home for Christmas. And um, the day we were supposed to leave, I just started bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, man, like, what is happening? And, like, we had just had sex. So I thought, like, you know, did we do, like, maybe it was from that. Like, <laughs> maybe it was from that. And, I mean, it just would not stop. It was just so much blood. So I, um, we were headed back to, to Columbus, Georgia. It was about a six-hour drive. And, like, I felt like the bleeding had stopped a little bit. But, like, I was asking him to, you know, stop at almost, like, every restaurant. I was just like, I got like, hopefully it stops. Like I've been praying and praying and praying. Like it'll stop. It'll stop. Okay, like pull over. Let me check now. Pull over. Let me check now. And it did not stop. Um, and so we got home um, later that evening and decided, you know, to go to the emergency room that night. And they were like, we are so sorry. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you are miscarried. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man. Um, you know, when you lose a, a baby, um, it doesn't matter, you know, how early or late in the process, um, mm-hmm. like your body loses something, like a piece of you is gone, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, um, my mom was able to support me through that because her first child was a stillborn to have my mom there because I think, you know, we don't talk about miscarriage, right? We mm-hmm. don't talk about, I think that it's becoming more popular to talk about them. Um, yeah. But I think there's always a sense of shame. Um, there's grief, of course. Um, and there's also, you know, I, I think I was embarrassed too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, because there are a lot of people that would be like, oh, take it easy your first trimester. Take it, you know, and if you're not knowledgeable about what's myth, what's factual, what we really know, what we don't know, 
like that stuff can really be that, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, why I got to take it easy in my first trimester? And then you see moms out here doing CrossFit from, for nine months. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And put, yeah. And, you know, so what, what is really true, right? Um, what is circumstantial? What is individual? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it was hard and I tried to be tough. I did. Um, I was like, oh gosh, you know, I've done up all the reading and I try to like convince myself, Marion, this is so common. Like, if you look at the statistics, this is so common. Like, it's nothing that you did. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so common for people to lose their first pregnancy. But in the same mindset, it's like, but there are still so many people who don't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So why I did I have to be one, one of the people that did? Um, and then on top of that, um, you start to recognize everybody else's pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. So then you just, yeah. Um, and so that, that was the first intro into mommyhood. And then about a year later, we got pregnant at the exact same time. Um, and I was a nervous wreck the first time, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if this happens again? What do I need to do differently this time? You know, how do I readjust? And one thing that really helped me was I journaled to the baby every single day who will, who is here. First trimester, I wrote in a book just about, you know, how grateful I was for him, um, you know, how much I can't wait to meet him, all the things that his dad and I have planned for him. Um, and just like that manifestation, um, you know, and Ken, I, I remember sharing some of those, the, the journaling with you um, yeah. that I wrote. I was like, I you were the only person I've ever shared that with. I've never shared that with anybody. Um, yeah. And, you know, that helped me get through. And then we made it through the first trimester. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And so Jeremy Jr. came um, on May 6th, uh, 2016. I think it was around like 9, 18 in the morning. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he uh, made me a mama. Uh, and he is just so sweet. He got on this little, I, I listened to the people, the doctors that said, you know, hey, you know, you're going to have issues with milk supply if you use a birth control that has estrogen. You know, so I did the whole mini pill thing. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, I then got off the cycle with a damn mini pill, and at six months postpartum with a six-month-old baby, I found that I was pregnant again, <laughs> <laughs> and I was devastated. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, it, no. took me, it took me a very long time, so I, um, as soon as I found out, like, so Jeremy, he was in this special school called Jumpmaster School, like, where you learn how to, you know, make sure the operation of everybody jumping out the plane so successfully mm-hmm. nobody dies. And yeah. So it's a really intense school. So I found out during that time. And so I called my best friend to my mom. I called my mom and I was just boo hoo crying. And I remember Jamal started laughing. And I was like, this is not funny. Do you understand what's happening? So to put it into perspective for folks, my husband, I found out I was pregnant in December. My husband was supposed to be leaving for Iraq in December, right? With the assignment that he would not be back for the following September. 
which meant the baby was due in July and he would not meet the baby till September, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. Here I am. I'm gonna have to manage this infant. I do not want to be pregnant right now. Like we had this whole thing that we would have kids maybe three years apart, you know, that the sweet father like potty trained one, then have the next one, you know, all of that. Like my plans are all, you know, thrown for a loop. Um I actually didn't have a hard time dropping the baby weight with Jeremy Jr. So I'm actually good about myself. And now I'm like, I'm about to look like the good year blimp, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm calling you Wellisha. Like, and oh my I, God. you know, free Willie, okay? Free Ann. Stop it. Um, and so, you know, it was just so hard. So, Jeremy graduates from Jump Master School, and I tell him, and he is like ecstatic. And then he sees okay. my face, and he's like, hey, "This is not a good thing." And I'm like, "Listen, I'm a big. I mean, my mom and my daddy will come and help or whatever, but like, I'm gonna be by myself. Mm-hmm. And like, one baby is hard, right? right. Yeah. Like, what am I gonna do with two little babies? Like, great." So he was able to get his um, his time to leave extended by a month, but Jeremy left that January, right? And yeah. here I am pregnant with a now seven-month-old, and, you know, my mom came to help, but, like, you know, that was also a little bit stressful because I was like, we have to decide this baby's name before you leave. Like, if it's a boy, what is the name? If it's a girl, what is the name? Like, at that time, I was too early to identify gender. So, like, how do you mm-hmm. want me to get the gender to you? Like, mm-hmm. how do we do that? Like, you're not going to be here. Um, and I yeah. wanted to come up with the name and all of that stuff because I was just like, if I can't get a message to you, if I can't, you know, talk to you, like, I need to know we made the same decision, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. anyway, it ended up working in our favor. His deployment actually got cut short. And he ended up making it in time for the birth. Um, And so Michaela joined us July 23rd, uh, 2017. And at that time, Jeremy Jr. was 14 months old. So that has been mommy hit for me. You know, it's crazy because next year I'm going to have two school-age kids. I know. Um, You know, I'm going to have a kindergartner and a first grader. Yeah. And, like, I'm just saying. I don't want to start over, but like, dang. Yeah, it goes yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely flew by. I remember when you were pregnant with uh, Michaela. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember when you were pregnant with Michaela. Right. Like, you were good and pregnant with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yes. But yeah. you've had a, a journey for sure to mamahood. And, and thank I can you. definitely relate to a lot of what you shared. Yeah. Thank you thank for, you for being sharing so that. open with yeah. Yeah, your journey. Tell us a little bit about reconstruction. Um, I'm yeah. so excited to hear about this. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit. Yeah. So reconstruction is an educational technology company that is Black-owned, mm-hmm. Black-founded, um, and run by Black women, um, specifically uh, run yeah. and led by Black women. And, um, you know, it is an educational curriculum. It is live um, tutoring. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it is a curriculum that just centers Black joy, Black contribution, Black glory, and Black love mm-hmm. while teaching kids K through 12. And we even have grown folks classes, um, sure. you know, either foundational skills like addition, subtraction, fraction, reading, phonics, all of that, mm-hmm. or what we have are like cultural enrichment classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was founded um, on kind of the basis that like other communities, other racial, you know, racial groups, ethnicities, religious groups do not wait for mainstream education mm-hmm. to educate their kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You think about Hebrew school. You think about Mandarin and Chinese school. Like, Deb, you're from New York. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you know people who, like, went to Hebrew school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have Catholic school. Mm-hmm. You've got Christian school, right? Like, mm-hmm. so why should Black people? Um, and, there's, and there's a reason behind the name of Reconstruction, right? Because Reconstruction is the period of that we don't talk about it all in education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We typically go from um, slavery to, you know, Jim Crow to civil rights movement to Obama, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. the period of reconstruction in our history is that's when Black people were thriving. That's when the majority of HBCUs were founded. Um, that's when Black Wall Street was thriving, right? right? Mm-hmm. That's when, like, we had our own land, we had our own towns. Like, we were creating community, creating infrastructure, creating systems that worked for us after being in bondage for hundreds of years, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, let's, let's recreate that, right, in a way that makes sense today. This curriculum does is Science tells us, right? That when kids see something in their learning experience um, that they can identify with, that is interesting to them, that they are more likely to grasp the concept or be engaged, mm-hmm. right? And that mm-hmm. is like science. It is, you know, there is a lot of research out there. Um, I actually, the Education Trust just published a report on how an identity-affirming education uh, changes the trajectory of not only a child's love for learning, but how they retain the information and how they show up in the world. When mm. you see yourself and what you're, you know, learning, it makes a difference. And so, Absolutely. so important, what's so important to me about my kids taking reconstruction classes is that, like, they can learn phonics, they can learn you know, concept, you know, math concepts. Um, they can even cook, you know, take mm-hmm. cooking classes, right? But all they're going to see every time they log into their reconstruction class are things and people and examples about them, their culture, uh, and and all the concepts. So yeah. tell us about um, okay. the enrollment process for reconstruction. Like, so I'm yeah. a parent of a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Is it too early? Is it too late? Yeah. Um, when What is the ideal age group? I know you say you can do it all the way up to like adulthood. And then um, yeah. 
And if a, a school wanted to buy this program, what does that look like? Yeah. Or even like in the home yeah. setting, what does that look like? Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, sure. So um, our foundational reading and math stuff, our classes um, can start at age four. I do say Michaela started at four. Um, well, she started like two weeks before her fourth birthday. Um, I would just say like, you know, for the four-year-olds, I would say reading a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. you want your kid to be able to sit in front of like the computer or the iPad for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. um, engaging with a person that, you know, they'll be meeting for the first time, eventually build a relationship with someone else. Um, so I would say, you know, like, yeah, definitely four-year-olds. We open it to four-year-olds, but I would say, you know, parents think about, you know, is my four-year-old going to be able to sit here? Um, or am I going to have to sit next to them the whole time and support and just think about if that's something that you want to do? But yeah, if you're a parent like me who, you know, wants to go on reconstruction, go to www.reconstruction.us. Um, and at the top right corner, you'll see a button that says sign up. You'll create an account uh, with your email address. Um, and then you can browse our course selection and it's just like you know going to buy you know order something off your favorite website right um you can search by age you can search by subject you um you know can search by the different categories of classes um that we have and find a class that works for you um and then it is a hundred dollars per class so each class has 10 sessions in it, so 10 meetings. Um, so it's basically $10 per meeting. So it's pretty affordable, right? Um, yeah. And typically it meets, the class will meet two days a week for at maximum an hour. So that's two hours a week for five weeks. So those 10 sessions are spread out um, for five weeks. And we offer like a pretty decent schedule to meet, you know, different time zones as well as like parent schedules. Um, because we know, you know, like parents work, right? So like mm-hmm. offering this class at eleven AM on a Tuesday and Thursday ain't gonna work. Right. Um, so yeah, we have, you know, tutors who are on and ready to teach, um, at all times, you know, to kind of meet the different the different geographical um uh Restraints, time zones. And then like, yeah, time zones. And then, like, you can buy bundles of classes. So, like, the dropping seed, you know, and I talk about the foundational curriculum so much because, like, it is some awesome stuff that really mm-hmm. will prepare. Like, your kids will be kindergarten, right? Like, if Love you it. stick with it and they do it, your kids are going to be ready for kindergarten and then they can accelerate to the next grade. So, one thing that's interesting about us is you won't see our curriculum broken down by by grade. You'll see it broken down by age group, right? Mm. Because it's all about mm. building and accelerating and not boxing mm-hmm. into it, right? Yeah. That's um, kind of like the Montessori so that. If a school is interested, they, they can reach out via the website. Um, or most of the time, I, uh, in my role as chief of staff, I wear a bunch of different hats. And right now, one of my hats is I do most of the selling, right? I work with our school district. I work with our school partners. We partner with over, I would say about 25 or so plus school districts and charter-based organizations 
from the Bay Area in California all the way up mm-hmm. to New York City um, and folks in between. And so um, typically they will reach out to us through our website or if they have a direct contact to somebody on staff, they will reach out to that person. Um, and then we will communicate with them. We really like to offer our program in the school setting, like in after school programs, mm-hmm. because we want to supplement. We don't want to replace school um, right. for a couple of reasons, right? If we start replacing school, we have to align to every single state school standards, and then we lose mm-hmm. the autonomy and what can be in our mm-hmm. classes. And to mm-hmm. us, like that's just non-negotiable because we have a curriculum that is nowhere else. There, there are platforms like OutSchool and other other platforms, Pearson, whatever, that are doing what we're doing, but nobody has the content that we have. And a lot of people yeah. aren't doing it live. They're not doing live tutoring like this, right? Um, and so, you know, and, it, and you can have, and for parents, it can be a one-on-one thing, or your kid can be on with like five other kids from across the country. Sounds like a, a really, really, really awesome um system that you all have created and i'm thinking i'm like well my kid is two like what do yeah. you have for two-year-olds but um i i've i've enjoyed learning about reconstruction and of course i'm gonna have to tap into you some more about your program and, and just the system and the structure outside of the call um but we're like we're here to hear about the side hustles Right. So it sounds like, you know, you mentioned that you are a chief of staff for Mm -hmm. reconstruction. And I can only imagine that that role comes with so many demands and so much, you know, to to pour into work wise, like you're nine to five. How are you managing a job like that? (laughs) Right. And managing like your side hustles like it's specifically the side hustle that we're going to tap into but how are you where does the balance come in for you how does that look yeah um so i will say one thing about my personality is i am very very organized um and so i um that can be a blessing and a curse sometimes um but i you know I manage my time a certain way and I, you know, put strong lists in place. Um, and now there are times, don't get me wrong, where it falls off and I have to sacrifice. I had a night this week where, like, I think it was maybe yesterday or day before, where I was up till 10 o'clock at night working, which is not usual for me. Um, mm-hmm. because I get up early to work out. Um, but I, I just, I, you know, once you kind of put those systems in place, for me, it's easier to keep them going um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, trying to just, um, I don't know, tread, tread water. Um, I think <laughs> another piece that's very helpful, like my husband is a partner, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, he works my nerves too sometimes, don't get it twisted. But you what, know, who, what husband does? Or partner does? I got, I got three kids. Um, sometimes, you know what I'm saying. But um, I, we, one thing that we did early on before we had kids was we practiced how we were going 
to like divide and conquer. So one thing that we still do now, right? And we've been married for almost 10 years. Um, wow. Is, yeah, like we were living in our little apartment, second year of marriage. I'm a cook Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday. Either you're going to cook or you are going to take me out to dinner or you're going to order food. Mm-hmm. You're going to do something, but I ain't touching no pots or cake, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I need a break, right? And that's one example of a thing that we started before we had kids that almost 10 years later, we, you know, still do. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Or pick up food or order food on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Mm -hmm. My husband figures that out, right? And so Mm -hmm. whatever it is, he figures it out. I don't care as long as there's food, right? Um, But I'm not thinking. Right. And so yeah. I think also that that is important, right? Having a partner, having a partner, not just a husband, um, but having a partner, whomever, you know, your partner is or your person is, um, somebody who's like, yeah, you go take it. I understand. I'm going to, you know, I'll handle this. Or like while you're doing that, I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm very, very organized, but I also have strong partners. Um, even if and consistent, it sounds like you're yeah, consistent, consistent in whatever your process is. Um, I really want to get into you being a doula, yeah. but uh, briefly, can you tell us the difference between a doula and a midwife, and what are the yeah. benefits of having a doula? Yeah, so I mean, the clear distinction a doula and a midwife, a midwife can give you medical advice, right? Mm-hmm. A doula cannot, and a doula should not, a good doula should not. And before, right. before, before, oh. I'm sorry, we did not even yeah. introduce your side hustle. Okay, I didn't just ask you questions. The side hustle is yeah. she's a doula, y'all. So, no, yes. I've been talking too much. Yeah, no, um, no, 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 you're so fine. I, um, so, quickly, uh, the backstory on the doula thing. So, when I graduated from high school, I went to school as a nursing, I went to Florida State as a nursing major because I wanted to be a certified nursing major, right? Um. I got into college and I also, like, I was teetering with the education um, major piece as well. And I took an intro to egg class and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I don't want to be a certified nurse midwife. Mm-hmm. But that mothering baby stuff has always just been a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, um, y'all know I love black people and I do, I do, I work with a black company because I care about black people. I care about all people, but, you know, like, I'm black, so I'm just, I care about that piece, and mm-hmm. so I, um, what really made me, so, well, let me back up, so our mutual friend, y'all, um, Taylor got pregnant um, with her first baby, and, uh, you know, she was just like, her and her husband, Eric, they were like, like, how do you get a doer substitution? Like, you would make a good doer, right? And I was like, yeah, y'all, it's just not that easy. And I just had a baby too, right? But listen, I will play, I will play that role, right? Um, for a little bit. And, uh, and so I started to teeter with the idea around becoming a doula again. Um, then about three years ago, uh, my best friend died unexpectedly, um, due to a surgery that she had. Um, and the surgery that she had was to clear out her endometriosis and remove her fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was a laparoscopic um, surgery, but the mm-hmm. procedure did not heal right. So she died from septic shock. But she was trying to check her body for IVF because they were just having hard fertility journeys. And mm-hmm. ultimately, the doctors concluded that she needed to just clear all that stuff out, take out the fallopian tubes, and IVF would be her best, her best shot. And it killed her. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so I think about, I thought about when we were 14. Um, and I remember, you know, her period, she's supposed to be debilitating. And if she had had the care, the proper care mm-hmm. early on, like if somebody had done the extra, taken the extra um, steps mm-hmm. to just be like, you know, we're just going to run all the tests. Maybe the, the damage from the endometriosis by the time she was 30 mm-hmm. wouldn't have been so bad. She wouldn't have had to have mm-hmm. that surgery twice and it wouldn't have killed her. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that led me to pursue, like, I have to be a dual, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have to do this because there are moms out there, right? Black moms specifically, um, or women, or people who want to be moms, right? That mm-hmm. needs somebody who's going to present them with all the information and with all of the different scenarios so that at the end of the day, when they make a choice about what they're going to do, the choice that works best for them, it is an informed choice. Mm-hmm. It's not because mm-hmm. my granny said it. It's not because my best friend did it. It's not because this is just how I feel right? But that they know the benefits, they know the risks, they're listening to their intuition, they know, you know, how to assess the situation, um, and that's how they're making it. And so I got out at the start of the pandemic, um, a dual certification, one that honored Black people specifically, um, and people of BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of color specifically, mm-hmm. um, and got my certification as what they call a maternal um, support person versus like a doula, um, because the term doula actually means female slave. Um, and oh, so, sorry, it means what? Know, I missed now that. that. It means what? Female slave. Mm. Yeah, and so now people, it's so the the MSP is a maternal support practitioner is what my certifying body uses. But people still use doula, um, but they use maternal support practitioner just because they specifically are. Um, wow, BIPOC folks. that's news to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, BIPOC folks, and they just want to make sure that nobody is walking around calling themselves a female slave if they don't if they don't feel comfortable doing that. Right. But, you know, the National Black Doula Association uses doula, right? So different strokes for like different folks. I mean, it's not mm. it's how you use it right but i think doula is the most it's the term that people know right mm-hmm. um yeah. and so i don't think there's anything wrong with using the word doula. it just just yeah. know that that's what it means right yeah. so anyway you know like i said the biggest difference is that education piece right um i've had i've had four clients uh and each of them will tell you like Aaron overloads us in a good way with information but mm-hmm. in a way that she shows us how to make a decision mm-hmm. for for ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, and so you feel empowered. Right. Um, one of my excuse me, one of my clients um, 
you know, she's a little, she was a little bit older and her doctor was like, Hey, like, I'm not letting you go past this date. And we walked through, I was like, I walked her through how to push back because that's not what she wanted. Right. So I walked her through how to go to her physician and say, you need to tell me the risk. You need to tell me the benefit. You need to tell me why you are telling me specifically I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Like specifically when, A, I'm not having blood pressure issues. B, mm-hmm. I'm not having fluid issues. C, I, like these things are not happening. So I'm really, I really would like more information on why you're for, you are trying to encourage me to do this. Um, and that way she can hear the physician's perspective as well, or her OB's perspective, and then she can also use what she knows and the research and, you know, the different scenarios and can piece all that together to say, hey, yeah, no, I'm sticking with my guys, you're not inducing this time, right? right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't end up being induced. Baby came, 12 hours, unmedicated labor. Wow. She was a champ, mm-hmm. first-time mom, boom. It's no issue, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, I think I just, my uh, reasoning for becoming a doula is I just want moms, but black moms in particular, to be knowledgeable so that they can make a choice and they're not forced into making a decision. They are not... Uh, they are not, you know, stressed by family members or anybody else to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, people mm-hmm. aren't hanging things over their heads. And I mean, yeah, you know, I, I do believe some things, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. But as a doula, that's not my call. Right. right? Yeah. My thing is to make sure you have all the information and then you make the decision that's best for you. Right. Uh, it sounds like the experience is like, you're like a coach essentially in the whole process of being pregnant and then laboring and delivering these babies it's like you're coaching this mama through the whole process and informing her of some Mm -hmm. things that she has going on with her body and how to absolutely and you know some doers so you know there are different kinds of doers right so there are some doers who do childbirth education and only labor support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some doulas that um, do postpartum support, uh, only postpartum support, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that I think is really important. You've got full mm-hmm. spectrum doulas who have services across the whole nine, including supporting with breastfeeding, um, baby sleep, um, and you have infertility doulas. You have uh, doulas that support moms after loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there are, you know, to your point in, yes, like a coach um, in many different ways. And so yeah. my, when I signed, when I not signed up, but when I decided to take on this journey, um, I um, really wanted to focus on postpartum, right? Because I think particularly for black mom Jeremy Jr. I um, I did I didn't have postpartum depression, but I did have some baby blues right. for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. 
And so yeah. I knew when Michaela came along, again, it was not a question whether I was going to have my placenta encapsulated, right? Because I said, I can't afford to break down. I'm not going to have my husband here. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I've got a 14-month-old. I didn't have any, you know, I I had a couple of friends, Jemima, of course, my sister, my cousin Camille, that were like, we can come for a weekend, right? Right. But I knew I didn't have long-term support. So I had to make sure I, you know, lined up things that I knew would work ensure I had the energy and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have the knowledge I didn't know what are all the different things you can do to ensure that like you don't suffer from postpartum depression or if you do um, like how do you navigate it like I have one of my line sisters who are really close she had it for a year and she didn't know she had it till it was like really bad right right and she's a nurse practitioner Right. She didn't even check it in her step, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but COVID happened, and then I, I ended up being a full-spectrum doula and supporting all four families virtually. Mm-hmm. All babies mm-hmm. are here, happy, healthy, beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, mamas were great. Um, and, you yeah, know, yeah. it. Um, I, I said this to my husband a few couple of weeks ago, those four babies, saved my life, right? Mm. Um, because mm. I embarked on this journey while I was grieving. Mm. Um, mm. And if I hadn't embarked on this journey and supported those four mamas the way that I did, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I probably would not have been able to manage my grief the way that I did. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. Ken, you know, I feel the same way about Eli. Like, I found out he was in there right after I was <laughs> suffering. Like, he's part of yeah. he's my number five, you know? Like, <laughs> if I hadn't had those babies, right? You know, at the time, like, supporting them and, you know, being a part of their experience coming, you know, into the world, I don't, I, my grieving probably would be a lot different. Yeah, it's amazing how babies can just, you know, whether they're yours or someone else or someone that you care about, it's it's amazing how they can just kind of shift things for you. Um, And it's really beautiful to hear your experience and and being a doula and, you know, the lives that you've touched and how just this side hustle in itself, like, indirectly helped you um, deal with you know something traumatic that happened in your life so that's really great to hear um but before we let you go Erin there is I know it's always this lingering question of how much to do with cops like are they covered by insurance like what what does that look like is is our doula covered by insurance or if not like what is the average cost for a doula yeah, so recent legislation is, has been passed um, for, and, and certain insurance um, companies are starting to put it into action that a doula is covered. Um, I know okay. that was something that was big for the military community, TRICARE specifically is one. 
of the insurances that is now covering them. Um, oh wow! But it is a a slow a slow process. Everybody is not on board with it, um, and so it depends on the services that you want, right? Um, you know, I used a doula when I was pregnant with Michaela to encapsulate my placenta, and that was like three hundred bucks. That's all I needed her for, right? Um, sure. But I, I, you're you're looking at anywhere between three hundred dollars upwards to a couple to a few thousand dollars, depending mm-hmm. upon what you want, what you need. Um, I like set a couple of packages together, like, hey, if you just want like some childbirth education, right? Like, I can give you this amount for about five hundred bucks, right? And this, and this is what in, is included, right? And for the most mm-hmm. part, I'm going to be honest, you're paying for my time, right? Because essentially, I'm teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if you want, you know, like childbirth education and labor support, right? Then, you know, you start creeping up a few hundred, maybe 800 to 900 mark, right? And this also includes like materials, like I send you pamphlets, one pages. We have sessions, like weekly sessions. Um, whether that's in person or via Zoom, like we debrief the, the education. You have some labor doers, right? Who will mm-hmm. just be like, okay, you know, we'll have this initial meeting. Then they teach you a whole bunch of pamphlets and things to read. And then they meet with you a couple of weeks before, you know, like they meet, you, meet with you, start meeting with you around the 36 week mark, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start putting some of those things into practice and make sure the birth plan is great. And then, you know, they show up for your labor. They stay for a few hours after labor. They check in with you for 24 hours, 24 hours after. And then boom, done. That's the end of the I'm too personal for that. Um, <laughs> so oftentimes I give a little bit. I give more of my time and don't charge as much. Um, yeah. But it really is at the doer's discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I will say, postpartum doulas, there are postpartum doulas who do do overnight care, and the overnight mm-hmm. care is a little bit pricier, right? Um, and then they charge, they charge by the hour, um, and you get, it, it, overnight care could typically run you about 35 bucks an hour. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, yeah. So, um, and depending upon, you know, depending upon what they see, and then also postpartum doulas, some postpartum doulas include um, like light housework, like and meal prepping, right? So not only do they come and like support you, you know, with the baby, but like they will unload the dishwasher, they will pick up meals, bring meals, cook meals, um, and you know they will also sometimes they will do additional sibling care, right? Maybe you know you're a mom at home and you have a new you were like me. You have a newborn and a 14-month-old, right? And you don't have any help with a 14-month-old. You can hire a postpartum doula to come in and either take the baby so you can spend time with the 14-month-old or watch the 14-month-old and the baby so mom can sleep or get a break or just watch the 14-month-old, right? Um, And sometimes, you know, normally a daytime postpartum doula will charge anywhere between like $20 to $25. Well, Erin, this was really informative. So thank you so much for your time. 
thank you so much yeah. for all the gems you dropped and uh we would definitely Absolutely. love to have you back um but tell everyone how they can reach you where they can follow you on social media your, just your contact information yeah. whatever you feel comfortable um releasing yeah um well yeah i finally got an instagram <laughs> um, i know it's right. centuries but you do it 10 years, Ten years. <laughs> um, but yeah you guys can um i don't i so i'm not actively taking dual clients at the moment only because you know this is a sample with reconstruction um it's new to me and to about you know honoring my time and being able to juggle a whole bunch of things um mm -hmm. i'm also i've got a consulting project that I'm, I'm on right now too. But you guys can follow me at E Montessori, which is E M O U N T I C U R E on Instagram, or I'm Erin Montessori on Facebook, E R Y N um, M O U N T I C U R E. Um, but also, like, I don't mind giving, you know, my personal email if you're interested in reconstruction or you're interested in, you know, finding a needing help finding a doula or have questions about finding a doula um and my personal email address is e walker so e w a l k r two seven um at gmail.com does reconstruction have oh, instagram okay. yes at reconstruction okay yep and <laughs> facebook yep um and, okay. and facebook yep so you can find us it's the fish with the pencil in it it's, it'll be like a little maroon, like this with a pencil in it. Um, and yeah, like we post a bunch of things about our classes. Um, our CEO, who I have the pleasure of working directly with, Taya Henderson, is, we post a lot of videos. She's been doing a lot of speaking engagements. And I mean, she's just like hands down one of the smartest people I know. So, you know, and she loves black people. Um, so <laughs> she drops a lot of gems too. And, and so, yeah. So again, thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for letting me run my mouth. And, <laughs> um, you know, love you guys. I really do. And proud of what you doing more. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aaron. We'll be in yeah. touch for yes, sure. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Have a good night and thanks again. I will. Y'all do the same. All right. All right. Take good care. Night. Bye. Bye. Wow, friend, that was awesome. I know. So much good information. So much. Um, so much knowledge that I need to drink. So what are we having for Mama Juice? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I keep my Mama Juice in it. Yes, um, I'm ready. So I'm ready. Tonight, tonight's Mama Juice is called Side Hustle. Mm. How clever. <laughs> Love it. Um, yes. You know, Erin talked a lot about her, her side hustle, but she, she didn't get into her consulting side hustle, but she's a woman of many side hustles. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was like, this is perfect, mm -hmm. right? So this drink consists of one and a half ounces of gin, mm -hmm. three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, it doesn't matter if it's fresh or if it's out of the bottle, whatever you prefer. Um, three quarters of an ounce of orange liqueur and three quarters of an ounce of elderflower liqueur. Okay. And when I tell y'all, this drink is so freaking good. Like, gin? It's 
have had gin since like college. Gin? Gin. Honestly, I didn't start drinking gin until I was like a real adult. Like I wasn't really into gin, but it's like, I feel like gin is one of those grown folks. Mm. Well, <laughs> maybe I had bad gin because I think it was like Seagrams or whatever it is, you know, that cheap oh, stuff. Oh, girl, girl, listen. I said college, mean. girl. I said college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like this drink, like it just gave me side hustles. It's like you have your main job, which is the gym. Oh. But when you start incorporating like the orange liqueur and the elderflower liqueur, like those are your side hustles that just come I together and Clever. give you this really good ass drink okay, so well, i'm gonna make it tonight you definitely should put all of that into uh, a mixer or a shaker um add ice to it and i i served mine in a martini glass mm, and it fun. just gave me like bar vibes like really cute quaint bar vibes or like a really nice restaurant where i'm drinking my beverage while i'm waiting for my food like it i I love this thing. It's really good. Mm. So I highly recommend it. Okay. Let me make it. I'm going to make it for real. I'll let you know. It you sounds should. good. It's so good. It sounds nice and sweet, too. You know, I can't do that strong stuff. It is. It's actually, it got, it's, it's like the perfect balance. Okay. It's the perfect balance. All right. I'm excited. The lemon juice, the leek, you know, balances it out. The elderflower gives it that sweetness. It's, it's really good. Okay. So for our Mama Corner um, segment, um, again, we encourage our listeners to write us, um, whether you want to vent, whether you have advice um, or need advice, or even if you have like a mommy hack, right? A mama hack, should Mm -hmm. I say. Um, You know, all this is community, right? And this is the real mama pod where we are in this together. So... If you have any of those things, please write us. Please share. Sharing is caring. We are constantly learning. And we would love to hear from you. Um, so, um, where can you email us at? You can email us at friend. Mama at therealmamapod.com. All right. So, whatever your hacks are, stories takeaways from this episode or previous episodes feel free to drop it all in our inbox at mama at com. absolutely so i would say mommy hack mama hack should i say friend what would be your be your mama hack for tonight um, so I'm, I'm gonna talk about cooking for the week so one thing Erin mentioned when she talked about like her partnership with her husband and how they essentially had this agreement that, you know, she cooks Monday through Thursday and then he take over Friday through Sunday. That is great. Um, they had a system. And what our system looks like in our home is that we cook meals for the week. Mm-hmm. Right. So with juggling a job and a kid and you know, picking back up on this side hustle that uh, me and Jonathan are working on, it helps to not think about a necessity, right, Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And that necessity is food. So what we do is we use our Sundays to cook for the week. Mm -hmm. So those Sunday meals last us Sunday through Thursday. 
Um, and then Fridays and Saturdays, we just kind of wing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's my mama hack for the week is prepping your meal so that you don't have to think about that throughout the week. Yes. You know, it depends. You know, some people don't like leftovers, which is completely fine. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm super crazy about leftovers. But when those leftovers save me time and <laughs> relieve me of stress or the stress of figuring out what to eat and what to cook for the week, like, Absolutely. or every day, I, I'm all for it. So yes. that's my my mama hat. So and I know you do. You cook yeah, for the week. We do the same right? thing. We meal prep on Sunday. So it's a little journey. So Friday night, order my groceries, pick them up Saturday morning. It's me and the boys thing. We go get Starbucks, come home. Put the dish, uh, excuse me, not the dishes, the um, food up. And then I start my meal prep uh, at like around 6 a.m., 7, and try to be done by nap time so I could feel like I had somewhat of my Sunday. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, we make meals. It's um, two meals each day, so we eat the same thing for two days. And sometimes it gets us to Friday, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so Fridays are figure-it-out Fridays, and Saturdays is um, – take out Saturdays and it seems to be working. Um, Sundays are really long, um, but it's worth it. So I can come home and just literally put food in the microwave. And because Jay is my hungry baby who loves to eat, who likes his schedules. And if his food is not ready by five 36 o'clock, which typically we're walking in the door at that time, then we have an issue, but I can just make his plate, Mm -hmm. pop it in the microwave and it's time for dinner after we wash up. So, it definitely works for me um, in our household. Um, it took an adjustment period, and, you know, it is draining on that Saturday or Sunday, too. Um, definitely dread it, yeah. but it makes my week flow so much easier. I cannot imagine trying to cook, take the kids outside, yeah. and do education and all kind of other things that we do in the evening and cook a whole meal. Like, I don't. I can't do Absolutely it. Absolutely not. So, I am And grateful. I love to cook. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love cooking. Like, I really do. But I cannot do that every day. I, yeah. I can't. So, driving to work, trying to come home and cook, absolutely not. Right. So, that mama hack, it, it, you know, I've been doing it for a while. And it's been working. Right. It's been working. So, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with all And I'm going to cook my meals on Sundays and we don't eat throughout the week. So, all right. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's our mama hack for the week. So, friends, how how can our community reach us? Where can we find it? Yes. Yeah, so, please, please, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Our podcast page is the at the real mama pod. Um, again, our Instagram is at the real mama pod, or you can follow us personally at dev. Grace underscore or at Kendra Berg underscore. Like us on Facebook. And yes, we're also on TikTok, Pinterest, um, everywhere. YouTube, all of our social media, pra- yeah, all of our social media platforms are at the Real Mama Pie. And also, we've been forgetting to tell you all about our website. Like, we have merchandise. We have mama merch, y'all. Yes, we do. And it's, like, super dope mama merch. Like, stuff that I would wear every day. I love casual sweatshirts and 
quaint and dainty, you know, necklaces, and everybody knows I'm good for throwing a hat on if your hair looks a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those are all things that you can find on our website, which is www.therealmomapod.com. So go to our website, check us out. Um, and yeah, if you have questions, email us at mama at therealmomapod.com. And lastly, I know you guys been hitting us up about our song, and we really like to thank Yawande Addy for creating and cultivating our yes. beautiful poppin lit song, yes. Real Last Mom. Yes. Um, she is so talented. <laughs> we are so thankful for her. And uh, we literally gave her a list of adjectives, and she found the beat. We paid for the beat. And she just dropped the lyrics. And so we are so thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so, Yawande, thank you, thank you, thank you. And just thank you to our husbands for always supporting us and being, you know, just extra cool about this venture. So, Thank you. Absolutely. All right, ladies. Well, thanks to you all for tuning in. Mm -hmm. Um, We look forward to hanging out with you all next week. Yes. See you next week. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Stay at home on 9 to 5. Raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom. Your real ass mom.